Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. It did work. Yeah. We were waiting for it to go. <clears throat> we're running a little bit late today. Chad, you're a, you're you're a stinker, dude, with counting us down properly and yeah, like letting us go. know. Well, it's I, you're just like it's trying know. to go live. It's trying to go live, and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, it just thinks, and then all of a sudden it's like, damn, all you're of a there. Your face is right there. Right? We used to get official countdowns, yeah. which was super helpful. Like, wow. You should have a little clock over there. We, we missed Marcy for those countdowns, but now I kind of feel bad for giving Jordan a hard time about his. You know, not very good countdowns. Well, he it's would harder be like, than you think it is. Right. He would be like five, four, he five. Would, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he would do it on purpose, right? Yeah. So, so it's it's harder than I thought it was. So, just my official apology to the vicar if he's listening uh, for giving me a hard time about your not very good countdowns. He's not listening. He's in Mexico. Right, he's got his feet up on a beach. <laughs> if I was in Mexico, I would talk. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> we're late. We're ten minutes late today. Yep. Obviously. That's and, and Brent's not here. Obviously, that's because <laughs> he's on the phone with the reason why we he's were trying to fix our internet. So we're connected to a hotspot on a phone right now. Yep. Hope, hoping this is working the way that it should work. Internet's not working. <laughs> What's up, Brent? How'd you do? <sighs> Trump, you Trump. Are we live? No, we're, yeah, we're live. Yeah, we're, we're going. You're on. Stuff. Welcome to today. It's actually two decent pastors because Jeff yeah, Welch is <laughs> Jeff's here. <laughs> right. So we we actually have a real decent pastor and then the three of us. Yeah. That's one, maybe one and a half. We're a step above a decent Sorry, pastor. once you get a hold of this company, you kind of need to stick it through right. or you'll never talk to them yes. again. What so they say. They're going to send somebody out. They so, to, so it's not like something in the area. First they said it was, you know, oh, it's probably your modem. It's like, it's not through us. It's like, it's your modem. Anyway. Yeah. So I was having problems yesterday at home. Hopefully the hotspot that we're so. on will get us through the broadcast. broadcast. Yeah. If not, it's recording, right? It, uh, yeah, it's recording. So. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Worst yeah. case scenario, we'll publish this later <laughs> yes. if, it, if it gets a bit wonky. I feel good about it. That's, you know, I don't know what could go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. It's an easy topic today, anyway. Yeah, it so is. We should probably topic. have. You should probably introduce yourself for people that don't know. Who we should introduce him. No, you should introduce yourself. Yeah. I assume you guys already did that. No, we hadn't got there yet. Back now, dude. We just started. When, when you said two decent pastors, all of a sudden we're there. Now, when okay. the podcast, they know who it is. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these people know no. who this is. Yeah. <clears throat> Mr. Mr. Pastor Jeff Welch. That's right. Community, Community Bible, Bible Church. Yep. In Sun River. Yep. Yeah, we met Jeff maybe... Uh, we had a worldwide audience, so we have to tell people where we're at. Right, right. Shortly after you guys started the door. All, yeah, all three of our listeners. It was like the first year. Like in, it was. At the, it was like in the first years. year of the door. Yep. Yeah. We were in Cannon Beach. Yep. We were in a place called the Driftwood after <laughs> our The Driftwood Tavern. Yes. <laughs> after our classes. We went there for appetizers. We went there for food. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I probably met you a couple years after that. I don't know how long yeah. it was, but... It was. Yeah, I can't believe it's been 10 years. Yeah. That's how and we came, that's how, actually how we came here, as you guys said, hey, there's a church in Sun River, something for pastor. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're happy that Jeff ended up at CBC, we can take that. <laughs> yeah, if you're not, we, we don't got know. Your it's back. Jordan's fault. We don't know how we yeah. found out about it. If you're not happy, you got to deal with God on that one. That's right. We don't. We got if we don't, we don't know. <laughs> how, are things, how are things going at Community Bible Church? They're going well. Good. Yeah, things are going really well. We're just excited about what the Lord's doing and trying to just keep faithful and preaching the word and being faithful in that and we're seeing people come to know Christ and join the church and it's awesome and, uh, yeah youth group is going well it's growing and that's good good to see just some of the the 
those connections being made and people starting to come and cool. yeah, we're yeah, like you guys still on. just still have people that are aren't coming yet or you know. Yeah. I mean, I've been there almost two years and some there's some people I haven't ever met. So yeah, okay. yeah. I know the name, but I've never seen you in person. So mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully one day yeah. though. <laughs> it's kind of weird. Or if you have, so. they've had a mask on. Right. So I wouldn't, might not recognize them. That's right. It was cool. Uh, last week in uh, Lapine, we saw uh, a large group of people come back. There had been some sickness that had come mm-hmm. through. We were, we were kind of, you know, wondering what, what all this meant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was back up to, a, a, you know, even above normal care. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, you guys are yeah. still yeah. around. Yeah. Which yeah. is encouraging because yeah. there are some people that are just, you know, uh, for whatever reason, not wanting to come back yet. Yeah. And so when you start to see people do that, it's, it's encouraging. It matters yeah. when people are there. Yeah. So we're we're grateful. Yeah, when for you that. get to, get the, get to see them again coming faithfully and yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's good. To... Well, we have uh, we've been talking about some kind of rough topics. Last week we did a kind of a reprieve from the hard topics and just did a resource <laughs> dump where we talked about some yeah. of the things that are important to us as far as where mm-hmm. we go to to look for resources, what we listen to, what we read, that kind of stuff. So how about right this week we're mm-hmm. right back into the thick of it with uh, what's well, your fault. Well, so. kind of. This was this was a question that somebody from somebody one of the asked. churches, a church okay. in, La, in Lapine, actually said, "Hey, why don't you guys talk about divorce yeah, and remarriage?" We didn't have to pick it or acknowledge it. <laughs> we didn't have to. Divorce and remarriage is the topic. So, um, in the church, right? Well, yeah, or just in general, mostly in Christians, Christians, I would say. In regards, yeah, yeah in, re, in regards in to Christians, I think. But do you guys have an actual like, a, like when you have these sort of things? Is there like a statement that you have written that you have like if people want to read it or? You know, I wrote no. one years ago, yeah. uh, just because I, from you know, to have, and I, it never was anything that the church did. We did yeah. together, or that. Uh, so no, yeah. But we're just so kind of we, wing it when it comes it's up. It's all <laughs> right up here. Yeah, I know CBC has done a, probably a handful of those on different topics, and, and we probably will on more. Just, just be. It's just helpful to be able to give to people to say, hey, if uh-huh. you're curious about where our stand is on this, yeah. here's. Yeah. Here's what we we believe the Bible says about it. And well, it's kind of what these yeah. have become now. Yeah. The one decent pastor is like, we're taking <clears throat> these subjects and trying to unpack them as best we can yeah. together. And then when someone references it, it's like, go watch this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's kind of archived here. But yeah. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. In a conversation, like you can you know, talk about some of the nuances that maybe right. would be difficult to put in a written statement. That's the thing, is it's, yeah. and we'll get into it today, but yeah. it's, you know, it's kind of contextual, case by case. I mean, not the principles that Jesus yeah. has laid out for it, but, the, you know, They've all got dynamics yeah. that you got to weed through and sift through and figure out. So, yeah, it's yeah. one of the things we're talking about. Is some at some point probably doing. I mentioned this, I think, to you guys a couple times. Is just this whole gospel and culture sort of a lecture series, even where you have the opportunity to talk about these topics, but then you give people opportunities to ask questions and engage in conversations about it because it gives them the opportunity just to be equipped. I think that's yeah. the yeah. thing for our. For as believers, I think yeah. that's like okay. How do how do I engage in conversations with people around some of these things that are that are becoming more and more sort of hot, almost hot topics? For sure. Know? Yeah. But for sure. Yeah, that's wise. Well, yeah. this is a big one, so uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll we'll dive in. <laughs> All right, All right. Uh, Lord, we we recognize that uh, we need you. We need your help. Uh, we want to hear um, kind of capture the heart of, of how you feel about marriage and, and so we just pray that you would give us wisdom today and, and help us uh, to encourage the church with what we talk about and maybe even to challenge some people that have um, kind of gone off uh, in a different direction from what your will is in this regard we ask for this in jesus name amen, amen. so what would you guys just kind of say is god's design and heart 
for marriage, according to the Bible? What do we see? We kind of unpacked some of this in a you know a few yeah. weeks back in our discussions of, of gender and sexuality. I mean, we didn't get into the weeds with with any of it, but um, definitely you know hit on this that uh, you know God created uh, humankind as male and female, mm-hmm. uh, and it was good. Not only good, it was very good. You know, it was perfect that God created you know humanity that way. And then we see in Genesis where um, you know God's design is that a man and woman would come together. You know that they would leave their parents and that they would become one flesh and, and one union. Be fru- fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful, multiply, mm-hmm. subdue the earth, you know, those kinds yeah. of things. Yeah. Rule over it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That's good. Um, and, and that's becoming less, like, that just has been acceptable in society, mm-hmm. you know, for all of history until now. Yeah. And, and now that's becoming, you know, outdated or antiquated or out of touch, you know, people would say, and that, you know, kind of humans have, have gone, you know, flourished beyond, you know, God's design, um, you know, here in modernity, if that's the right word. Ooh, modernity. Is that the right yeah. word? The right use of yeah. modernity? Modern, modern times. <laughs> if you're going to use that stuff on here, you need to explain it for me. I'm trying to, to hang with Jeff here, man. Dictionary. Guy. <laughs> when you take a, modern modern times. It's when you take a test to find out if you're the father. The 21st century. <laughs> that's what it sounded like, dude. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm going to read a verse, and I think it kind of captures this as well, but it goes right along with what you guys what you had just said. Matthew 19, you guys can comment on the other side of this if you'd like. But starting in verse 3, the Pharisees come to Jesus, and they test him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And he answered, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And they said to him, Why then did Moses command one to give the certificate of divorce and to send her away? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. So what Moses did was not a compliment. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it was a, con- yeah, a concession for the hardness of people's hearts. So, right. so there's not necessarily an escape clause, you're saying. Well, like I think from, if you from, keep reading from the, from the beginning, <laughs> it was not so. So yeah. you see, you see that yeah. that heart of God is is it's meant to be forever, right? You know, that's yeah. God's God's yeah. design for marriage was never divorce, right? Perfect, perfect will, right? Perfect heart behind it. Yeah. So, so when you think about you know marriage in general, um, how how do people look at it? Do you think today more of a covenant or a contract, or how how are people going into this thing? Blindly. <laughs> Short answer. Well, I would even say like like in the moment, right? So you're not you're not coming in with the idea of longevity or commitment or covenant. You're coming in with what you feel and what your needs are and what you're wanting in the moment. And um, that's just the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. That's the way that we think. Yeah. We've been taught to live in the moment, and uh, happiness is king. You know, right. and if something ceases to make you happy, um, then we have every right. It would be stupid if you didn't move on to find that new source of happiness. And, you know, so we have disposable marriages, disposable relationships. No one thinks twice about it. So, pair of shoes, man. Yep. It's weird, though, because I know you guys have all done weddings. You all do premarital counseling, and you all say the same things that I say. Mm-hmm. You let people know they're entering into a covenant. Right. And, and I always make them read the vows long before we get to the altar. I, yeah. you know, I want them to think about these things, that you're going to make vows to each other and before God. I don't even like vows anymore. 
Well, <laughs> even when I do marriages, it's like don't even do vows to each other. Seriously, you know what I mean? I mean that sounds bad, but it's like don't even do. Them. I mean, Just, we're all familiar with these. I yeah, take yeah. you to be my wedded mm -hmm. wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish till death do us part. That's right. basically it's some form of that that we're yep. we're giving people. Yeah, and yet nobody's really want to honor these things. Even yeah. in the church. Absolutely in right. the church. Christians. Yeah. When there used to be, you know, the statistics used to be separate, you know, yeah. as far as divorce goes in the church and outside the church. And I, I think we are seeing that yeah. that's not the case anymore. Right. Um, and I think it's one of those things, too, where even as we talk about it, divorce, even in the church, has also become sort of a, uh, a label you know, like like people even feel it sometimes when they'll come to a church and talk about being divorced that they almost feel like now okay now we're labeled as right. that. And there's uh -huh. and, and, and a lot of times it's not because anybody knows what's gone on in their history. It's like, Oh, you're divorced, you know, and so that's like it's it's almost sometimes it's it's almost raised as to like the unpardonable sin. Yeah, it's like you, you put a, you paint a red D on their chest, right. and, and they're you know, they're marked forever. <laughs> yeah. as the, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it is. You know, the frustrating thing is that it's it's un, it's unlike other sins in some senses, in that you can sin in in one way and it's just done and over with right then and mm -hmm. there. Whereas in in a divorce or adultery and things like this, you're actually kind of you're in a it feels like you're in a state of this yeah. to some degree because unless you are able to repent and change it, you're you're yeah. in that mode. I think that's partly why it's sure. more awkward than some other, other sins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the well, effects of it can be far-reaching as that, well. That's, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. The damage over, it, yeah. over long periods of time. It is unique with the, like what comes out of marriage. We talked about be fruitful, multiply. You end up with maybe generations of, of offspring that in one way or another um, are feeling and experiencing everything, every decision you're making yeah. in that divorce. And, mm -hmm. and then the new families that are created. and um, every, like it, it gets, it just, it's not... Uh, what was originally intended, yeah, but like to me, I think why why I think this is unique, and I think <clears throat> we should stay away from that radicalness, which we can do of of you know painting something on the chest right. or putting an armband on them and being like you should know that you've like done one of the worst right. things you can do. Um, but I but I but the other end of it is that we're we're not caring that much anymore. Right. It's just like oh, this is just kind of the new the new tone. Yeah. Right. Of the church, and and yeah. we just need to get on board with it and accept it. I think why it's so unique to me anyway is because of the gospel implications, which I know you're <coughs> going to go there. Is I think it's one of the greatest um, uh, platforms that God has given the church yep. to show the gospel in relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, it is in marriage. It is through the good and the bad when two people refuse to give up, refuse to stop loving each other. Yeah. I don't think there's a better relational picture of the gospel that, that the world has than that one. And so that's why it is such a big deal. That is why, to me, it, it's like it's so unique that, that we're just going like, the gospel's not a big deal. We, we, yeah, we can right. break this. Now you jumped right into the, the, the heart of you know, why, I knew you were gonna why God hates divorce. Huh. And and because it really is a picture of mm -hmm. the, the covenant that he's made with us yeah, as his bride. Right. Yeah. And and so this idea that we just throw it away, you know, when when God has sent His Son to to secure it and to purchase us, and He says, "I'll never leave you or forsake you," even though He has every reason every day to divorce <laughs> us and to put us away, and He right. doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so when we do that, it's it's just a mockery of the gospel. It's a mockery of what God's done in our lives. Mm -hmm. You know. And yeah. it's, I hate when I, I see people that just act like. Christians that don't get that. Right. 
and the testimony that it sends to the outside world even is mm -hmm. it's terrible right you know and I think we've all had to confront these things with people yeah um, and we get you know people get mad at us for it and, you know you guys are not very you know you're not showing very much grace it's like this is a big deal right for a lot of reasons it's a bigger deal than we're making it it is yeah. and yet going back to your point it's not the unpardonable sin mm -hmm. you know and if somebody I guess how would you do, how would you um, counsel somebody who's been through a divorce um, and maybe isn't still in a right spot with the church, what would you kind of look, you know, what would you say to them or how would you try to restore them? Mm -hmm. I, I'm jumping ahead in my notes because there are, you know, but <laughs> no, that's, that's all good. <laughs> well, I think that passage, you know, David alluded to that, I think in Ephesians 5 where he's talking about, you know, he's talking about husband and wife, but, but he really, obviously Paul is saying, but yeah, I'm talking about Christ in the church. I share with you right? a mystery. Yeah. yeah. I this speak is, of Christ in the church. Yeah. And he's, and it, it is those, it are, there are those gospel implications, but I think it's also helping people understand that, uh, we, you know, we all know situations and circumstances that were beyond someone's control, right. that they've done everything they could to pursue that. And, and the other person was like, nope, don't have anything to do with that. You know. Well, let, let me, before you guys answer the question I just asked, let me kind of say, what are the um, the biblical grounds for ending mm -hmm. a marriage? Because there are, you know, that we would say there are some. So what, what are the biblical grounds? You're for saying that plural. Well, what, yes. Like there's more than one. Well, there's, right. there's sure. two, right? <laughs> the biblical, no, I'd say there's three. Are there yeah. three? <laughs> biblical grounds for ending a marriage. Mm. So adultery. Yes. Um, uh, an unbelieving spouse that walks away. Abandonment. And I would say death. Death. That's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's hard. All right. Death, <laughs> death is the most ironclad one. That there is no. You can't go back from that one. There's right. no. There's right. no restoration. <laughs> you know. That's that one's ironclad. Yeah. And, the and the first one we should actually say doesn't mean that you have to walk away. Exactly. Right. The right. Set, both. Yeah. The both second, of them. Both of the. Yeah. You know. The other one. Apart from death. Well, abandonment. You have no choice. Uh, if someone's well, but the away idea that you. the marriage is over and there's no hope of reconciliation. But my point is, when the when the one offense is against you that way, yeah. and it's in your the balls in your court to forgive or not forgive, or you have a loophole to leave, you know what I mean? Mm. You don't have to. You can stay and actually do the gospel thing. Yeah. Well, right. think of like one of my you know favorite stories of the entirety of the Bible is is about Hosea, the prophet Hosea. That you know he God tells him to marry a wife that's going to be unfaithful. He tells him up front like she's going to be unfaithful over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And you know she goes into this life of prostitution, and God tells him like go buy like go pay the price right. to buy her out of this life of prostitution. God doesn't say to him like here's the loophole, like you know you're free to leave if you want to. He's like go pay the price even though she's already so she's your wife, it. right? And just what yeah. a neat picture that is of, of the gospel and what Christ has done for us. But like there's some implications there mm -hmm. about how God looks at marriage as well. Yeah, and I think there's a I think it's one of those things too where in the midst of things that people walk through, whatever their reasons might be for. You know that it's heading in that direction towards divorce is. I mean, I I I think I've rarely seen situations where, like, people are both where both couples are pursuing Christ, they're pursuing their relationship with Him, they're they're doing everything they can to to invest in that relationship, that even if something did happen, that there wasn't still reconciliation the gospel brought in. It seems like a lot of times what I see is, is someone has, has at some point sort of walked away or not wanted anything to do with Christ and the gospel, um, even as a believer. Um, or made their own happiness the goal. Right. And then mm -hmm. that's, that's that, what they're that pursuing. That trumps everything else. Yeah. And, so, so it's, and then there's times I've seen where it's almost like 
this, this is weird to say, but it's almost like they hoped that that would happen. So now they have an, actually have a reason sure. to be done. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, well, I think that's the frustrating thing is that it seems like rather than looking for uh, reconciliation, we're mm -hmm. always, it seems like a lot of people are just looking for those loopholes. Right. Yeah. Looking for the way out. And, and that's what's frustrating is like you can turn these these you know these things we just talked about right you can kind of turn them into weird well abandonment could mean or you know this mm -hmm. could mean it's like yeah and so you're almost trying to find a way like you said and right. that's frustrating um, biblically speaking just there are verses first Corinthians 7 is a really mm -hmm. good chapter to go to and we'll be in that a little bit I'm sure but but as far as death that one's really ironclad but first Corinthians 739 a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives but if her husband dies she is free to be remarried to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. Mm -hmm. But that's a really clear statement of free to remarry. Um, in regards to sexual immorality, because adultery is part of that, but it actually does say sexual immorality, which mm -hmm. is the word pornea, which covers yeah. a lot more ground mm -hmm. than just, you know, um, and, you know, just that particular act, perhaps. Yeah. But um, Matthew 19, 9, and I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Um, and, you know, you'll find in other places. <coughs> Interestingly, the idea of that except for sexual immorality isn't found in Mark or Luke. They just say whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. They don't add that. And there's people that have written pretty extensive articles on what that might mean and yeah. what that might not mean. But I think historically, if you just go through the church, most people would say that if there's adultery or sexual immorality in the relationship, that that, that could be grounds for divorce. But is it grounds for remarriage? That's the other question that I don't think uh -huh. anybody ever talks about. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how do we, where, yeah. do you, where do you start, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we, in, you know, in, in the church, we inherit that in the sense that people come in and a lot of times we haven't been even involved in that. Well, that's because they, they leave the church they're in and find, yeah. I mean, right. walk in. <laughs> that's state. on purpose. That is not <laughs> an accident. <laughs> yeah. it's, yes. it's like when Paul in 1 Corinthians says, you know, what state were you in when you came to Christ? You know, well, stay in that state. And that's what people do in the church. What state were you in when you left the church? Well, just right. you know, show up for the next one and yeah. be like, here I am. You yeah. have to accept me. Yeah. Smart. Well, and, and aren't there situations, too, where, um, you know, I know situations where, where both, both were unbelievers. Yeah. One of them came to know Christ, and the other is like, nope, I'm out. I don't have anything to do with this. Right. Well, and that's in you First know, Corinthians yeah. 7. Again, yeah. this is addressed. I'll just read it. Um, verse 12 says, to the rest I say, I, not the Lord. I like Paul keeps going back and forth. This is my preference. This is what the Lord right. said. This is the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. For an unbelieving husband is made holy because of his wife, an unbelieving wife is made holy because of her children. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbelieving partner separates, let it be so. In such cases, the brother or sister is not enslaved. God has called you to peace. So I like this. Is they're, not, they're no longer enslaved. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're, they're free okay. in that sense. But again, it doesn't say free to remarry. Yeah. It does just say free, um, which you could, you could make that jump. But I like in the right. other in the other instance when it's when it's somebody that passes away they just flat out say free to remarry right. only right. the Lord that would be like <laughs> could you have added that to make it more clear it's not clear I wish yeah. it was but it just says not enslaved yeah um, anyway the whole business about the holiness thing just by the way that there is this blessing that comes from being in a relationship with the Lord and, and a family that's under the covering of the Lord there's no there's right. no salvation by proximity right. being taught here I think we all know that but salvation by proxy. 
But abandonment is something, you know, that's what David said. There's always these nuances um, mm -hmm. of somebody who's, you know, you've got an unbeliever and a believer, and then the unbeliever walks away and says, I don't want anything to do with you. And, you know, so it's a different situation than two believers that have, you know, walked away from each other. Um, but abandonment is something. And there's also situations like what would you guys say to somebody in, a, in an abuse situation where they're, they're not safe or their kids aren't safe? Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference in that situation between, you know, very quickly going to divorce versus you know separating you right. know for a time to you know I mean God's in the business of redemption mm -hmm. I mean I don't think any of us would ever you know counsel a, a woman to stay in an abusive situation at all um, you know I, I think some churches have done that yep. over the years turn um, the other cheek you know and, and I don't think we would go there you know yeah. at all no. um, but uh, you know like the nuance is like that that doesn't mean that it's like a quick ticket to divorce mm -hmm. either um, you know if we if we believe in God and His redemptive work then it would seem like, you know, we should allow some time to see if God can redeem that situation. Because sometimes separation will draw a line in the sand, so to speak, and reveal the heart, and if that makes sense. Like, and I've seen that happen, and I've seen it happen where they've, there's been reconciliation, the Lord has, has saved someone, and there's, you know, right. they've been restored in, in marriage relationship, yeah. but... I would I would counsel people in those sort of situations to separate and say, I, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. I think separation has been misused and misinterpreted for a long time because we see it as like the, um, the, the, the first, it's the stepping stone to divorce. So it's, all, mm -hmm. it's almost preparing people yep. uh, to, to be able to get their stuff together mm -hmm. individually and live on their own and get their ducks in a row. Um, and uh, biblically, that's, that's not ever what it is. It's not, oh, this is the, the next natural step is divorce right. from separate. No, separation is so that you can work toward mm -hmm. correction, recovery, restoration. Right, so that you actually can right. go back to something better, rather than leave for something. Well, I else. think separation is where the church really, we want to be able to step in and give counsel right. and encouragement and try to, try to help to, to bring some resolve there if possible. Yeah, I mean, there's times when it's not. It's just been, it's it's gone on way longer than, and then that person's like, no. Nope, That's the other danger with separation. Yep. Is it is it we, we can get used to yeah. being single. We can right. get used to taking care of ourselves. Right. We can get used to this is um, easier not depending. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does tend to work its way into divorce, and that's right. that's the scary part. And that's yeah. where the church needs to be re really careful when we counsel mm -hmm. people. Is that the you know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be long. I, I know there in Corinthians it's it's talking about sexually before a man and a wife, but like right. he's like you guys should be fasting. There's a time to fast with this, but don't don't let it go too long, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of, it's the same thing relationally, I think, with the, yeah. with a husband and a wife because then we 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 just learn to be okay. <laughs> I would say I would say, I would say in an abuse situation, it, there may never be a time to sure. where, you, where you can come back together, and that's right. different. So if there's somebody right. out there that's that's literally taking a beating by their husband sure. or. Yeah. Um, their kids are getting beat. You need to call the police. You need yes. to tell us about it. You need to get safe. Yeah. And, and we'll now, call the police. We'll call so the police. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, there, there's, you know, I, I want to be really clear yes. about that, that there's times when um, separation is not only, I mean, it just has to happen. Right. Because, you know, that person should probably go to jail at that point. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's beating people up. That's that's a messed up situation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but when we're talking about inconveniences of like, well, we don't get along all the time. Sometimes we fight. You know, if you need to separate for, for a minute to... Right. Get some counsel, get things, you know, right. so, but the, with the idea of getting back together but not divorce. Right. Yeah. The other problem with separation when it's long is that um, in our society today, we have all these weird things that go on with finances and credit and <laughs> obligations and right. stuff to where you have pretty soon you can start to mess each other's lives up if you're right. 
um, and we've, we've seen that before, where yeah. somebody said, can I just get a divorce even though I'm not going to remarry because I, you know, he's just ruining my credit right yeah, now with yeah. all he's doing. It's kind of, those are weird conversations right. to have. Yeah. yeah. But it is. It is a reality. It is a reality. Yeah. And it gets sticky, for yeah. sure. I've seen a lot of times, you know, over, over the years, um, you know, dealing with couples that um, you get kind of the... Um, the spouse who so there's the offending spouse and whatever you know their issue is the other spouse you know some has a tendency to get so offended you know at the mm -hmm. sin of the other spouse that they're very quick to just think you know the marriage needs to be over and, and talk about divorce and mm -hmm. um, you know there, there's again this idea that like if you're a follower of Christ and if you uh, believe what the gospel says that Christ has forgiven you you know of, of all of your sins you know our posture should be um, you know a desire to like to want to forgive even when it's hard like. And I get, like, in abuse situations especially, that, that's a hard thing to forgive. It's a hard thing to deal with. And I'm not saying that, you know, like, to be quick to forgive in that situation, that, that's hard. And, and most people aren't, aren't going to be there. But, but we should at least have a desire, like, you know, God, help me to forgive, help me to be redemptive, you know, in those kinds of situations. I've just, just seen a lot of spouses over the years who maybe aren't interested in redemption. Right. Right. Well, redemption is an interesting thing because I think we've all seen times when people have gone through unthinkable things in, in marriages. Yeah. Um, you guys can probably think of instances, we don't want to name names necessarily, yeah. but right. I mean, think about what God is able to put back together mm -hmm. that we've broken or messed up. Yeah. Uh, we've watched couples who have um, had a spouse that cheated uh, re restore their marriage and, and have a good marriage. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've witnessed yeah. this, we know it's a possibility. Mm -hmm. And I think God's clear heart is to remain married and keep your covenant, if at all possible. But what, what would we say to those people maybe out there that um, have already gotten to this spot where they've divorced or separated um, and they don't know what to do as a Christian? You know, where does that leave me? Um, what, what, would you, what would you say to them as a pastor? I know that every situation is different, but... Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I would exhaust the possibility of Thank going you. back. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And I mean exhaust. Yes. I mean, you do everything you can... Um, to turn around, to repent, to yes. turn around and go the other direction and, and try to make something work. I don't think it's too late. We've heard once in a while, it doesn't happen too much, where uh, couples have divorced and been divorced for years and then have come back together. And it's a, it's a unicorn, but at the same time, um, it's it's the work of God. And it's uh, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And, yeah. and so I, I think that's the, the first thing we do is we encourage these people to exhaust every possibility of making what's wrong right again. What if what, if what if one of them has remarried? What would you say then? Because I, mm. what would you say? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you should divorce somebody to to, to remarry. Somebody. Right, you can't can can make That's happened, and we've had that come up before, and we've had people counsel. No, you need to divorce no, 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 that no, 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 person, no, no, no. and then go. And it's like you know what? Once another marriage yeah. has occurred, that kind of. And there's you even an Old Testament. Right. There's even an Old Testament passage that talks about it. Where it I, was, I didn't know that's what you were asking, but yeah, I thought you were asking something. No, because you were saying whatever possible, oh, yeah, whatever, no, whatever no, no. means necessary no, no, to try no. to reconcile. No, I agree with that that yeah. idea, but yeah. but if a remarriage has occurred, no, you you wouldn't go create another divorce to yeah right yeah. Well, I think yeah, I, but I think at the same time reconciliation can occur. It just doesn't mean I'm reconciled and being right. in relationship sure. again. Right. Yeah, right. But there is a reconciliation through forgiveness and the gospel yeah. and saying, you know what, I. I've owned what I want to, what I need to own in my own life, and I am, yeah. I'm, for, I've forgiven you for whatever happened, whatever went on. Because yeah. I think that's part of it too, right? Is right. that it, even if you, even if let's say there's biblical grounds for divorce and for remarriage, 
I mean, I think that the gospel implications of that still have to occur in forgiving and reconciliation. Yeah, that's good yeah especially you've got kids involved, you've got yeah. other family members involved, mm-hmm. you have all that. that, yeah. that come. Yeah. But, but I think once somebody has done exactly what you described, David, they, they've, they've turned over every stone yeah. and tried to go back and right any wrongs that they've you know, created and tried to you know, seek reconciliation. Once they've done that and, and they've gone as far as they can with that, whether, right. whether it reconciles or doesn't, then the gospel comes into play at some point where yeah. you can say you have repented, mm-hmm. you have sought restoration, and now you get to um, enjoy the benefit of Christ for you. And I think you've done that. You know, yeah. half the people, half the weddings I've ever done were people that have been married and divorced before, you know. Yeah. And it, it became a thing where that's part of the marriage counseling is we start at the place of yeah. their last marriage with each of them. Yeah. Have you gone and done, like, what's that situation like? Mm-hmm. Are they remarried? Did you do everything possible? Are you doing everything possible now, if it makes sense, to go back and to actually restore that and fix that? And so I think we've learned to, you know, exhaust it for them, right? Yeah. Or, or, or make them exhaust and, and, it. And I think rightly so, right? I think yeah. that, that's part of our responsibility as yeah. pastors and churches yeah. to to do what whatever it is that we can do to yeah. help them as well, yeah. whatever resources we can provide for them. Yeah. You know, so that there is there is not ever the opportunity for them to say, "Well, you didn't you didn't help." Yeah. Right? It's like, no, we actually we gave you every resource that was available. We offered this. And, I mean, mm-hmm. and and then there's times when that it doesn't. There's right. for whatever reason, it's 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 beyond repair. Well, it's, yeah. it's typically that they're you know someone's remarried already. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah. even in that situation, if somebody abandoned their their family and got yeah. remarried, they, they they can go back and try to make that as right as possible. They're yeah, obviously not sure. remarried, but yeah. sure. but go back and repent, confess I mean, your I mean, sin, right. do the things yeah. that you're supposed to do, and, and make that right. Yeah. And we've also seen, and this is not a, a recipe for you know an encouragement to, to the people, <laughs> but we we've seen. I can think of a couple that used to attend CBC that they were at, both of their spouses in their previous marriage had cheated on them and left them, and then they found each other. And it was just one of the most beautiful, godly marriages I've ever known, you know. And it was right. like God can mm-hmm. restore and redeem, but that's sure. not the ideal. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see uh, people keep their covenant and stay yeah. in the marriage that they're in. That's a picture of the gospel, but it doesn't mean that God can't bless a marriage later if, mm-hmm. you know, we watch that. But but I think sometimes in the church when we don't say anything and we don't respond properly, we almost encourage people like, oh, yeah. there's something better out there for you. Your soulmate's right. out there right. just waiting for you. Yeah, Leave this person and you'll be as happy as, you know, that's just well, dangerous I don't stuff. Think that People always, and, and if you've never walked through it, you don't know. I don't think people know the damage that divorce creates in all kinds of different situations and scenarios that, that for some are lifelong. Yeah, you know, it's it, not that the gospel hasn't redeemed and and even reconciled that, but it, but the remembrance of that, the the damage that has been done is well, and the ripple great. effect in so many lives, yeah. not just yeah. not just the couple that were married and divorced, but the the ripple, you know, it, it goes right. out to kids, the church, the family, yeah, the kids, friends, the church, the community, mm-hmm. so many people, and your yep. testimony as a Christian is damaged by mm-hmm. it. You know, I I'm just this is cool to think about, but um, all of us have been married once. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're pastors, and that's even unusual anymore. That, yeah. That's become something that's not yeah. normal. And I just appreciate guys that through thick and thin have stuck to their marriage and kept their vows because it's an example to the church. Right. This is one of the reasons why mm-hmm. some people take that, that command to an elder to be a one-woman man, right. and maybe it is, but I sure like this. I sure like the idea that it's now, yeah. you know, it's a disqualifying yeah. thing. And in many ways, for you to lead God's people if you've been through that, it can be a you know, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying to go there. I didn't mean yeah. to, to jump into that. But right. that's I heard right. a story the other day yeah. of a, a pastor of a mega church. And it wasn't a name I was familiar, like not a household name that, you know, we would 
probably necessarily know, but pastor of a mega church who uh, divorced his wife. Like he's still the pastor of his mega church, and has made it. Or no, he's not divorced yet. He and his wife are separated, and he's made it known that he's had this relationship with another woman in the church, and that they plan to get married as soon as they're both divorced. Yeah, awesome. And this guy stands up in a pulpit every Sunday, and you know proclaims the faithfulness of Christ to us. Yeah, like it's just a weird, a bizarre situation. Yeah, get out of the pulpit, dude. <laughs> it's just Go weird. home, please. Yeah, yeah. Chacho Yapo. Does, <laughs> do you guys think that um, having been through some of the things that you have? Do you feel like you're, you have a stronger stance, I don't know how to say it, against divorce or a softer one? Does that make sense when I'm asking? Um, I know I have a stronger stance regardless of what you're asking. I guess, <laughs> yeah. That, that, that people not divorce. Yeah. I mean, I mean just, sometimes just, you can just be overly I'll, sensitive. I'll pick on David because I, you know, I, I've watched, uh, you know, his marriage over the last, I mean, all marriages have their struggles and yeah. stuff, but I mean, early on, you know, I've known him now for over 20 years. Uh, they had a rough marriage, man, where they publicly would go at each other. And, uh, and what I watched them do was believe the gospel, mm-hmm. believe what God's word says in Ephesians 5, that you love your wife regardless of what she does, right. whether she's lovable yeah. or not, and you yeah. respect your husband, whether he's respectable to you or not. Do these things unto the Lord because you're supposed to, and it's the right thing to do, and watch what happens. And it's just been like amazing to see what God has wrought in their marriage. Yeah, I said wrought, dude. Uh, but, you know the modernity. Oh, spell that. Yeah. Yeah. Not that <laughs> Maybe some more letters in there, but you get the idea. Uh, it's just been cool to see. Right. You know, it almost makes you want to say, you know what? I don't care what your marriage is like. I've seen the worst of things, you know, and God can do this. You know, so it mm-hmm. kind of throws away a lot of excuses, I think, in people. Well, right. you don't know what my marriage is like. Well, yeah. right. Well, yeah, know, actually, I've seen some pretty, ma- and it's not just his, I can think of others that are the same right. way. It's like, I've seen some really messed up marriages mm-hmm. that God has totally restored. Right. Sure. So, Well, because the reason I ask the question, because sometimes if you've been through it, you you are, you, you can have a softer side sure. to that where you're, yeah. you just, a more oh, that's fine. You know, it's, right. it's, it, yeah. and you just kind of let things go rather than, I got you. And saying, no, we, we, we need to exhaust everything yeah. that we can to. To bring restoration and reconciliation, and yeah. see the gospel right. work, because I think that's sometimes what yeah. happens is when you give up so quickly and so easily, you you're not allowing the effects of the gospel in right. your marriage, right. and and recognizing that this is more than just a feeling that you had one day you decided to get married. Yeah. This is a choice, a decision. Right. A, you every day you get up and decide I'm going to love my spouse regardless of how they treat me or. Whatever I feel like today, it's it's a decision that I'm making, and I, and I think that the Lord honors those decisions, that obedience as a result, you know, of that. I think sometimes it's in our culture, people are just too quick to give up. Yeah. Well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Sure. So I'm out of here. You know. Well, the gospel is the answer both yeah. to the offending spouse and the offended right. spouse, right? Um, you know, I've seen, I'm sure you guys too, uh, I've seen over the years that, that the offending spouse, like often they, they recognize what they've done, like if they're the one that was unfaithful or whatever, and, and, and they're all about, you know, forgiveness and mm-hmm. restoration, but the offended spouse yeah. oftentimes is more about I've their offense it. and not as willing, and, and the offended spouse, like they need to be reminded of the gospel as much mm-hmm. as the offending spouse. Yeah. Uh, they both they both need it, right? Uh, yeah. Regardless of, you know, where things go moving forward and if, if the marriage survives it or not like they, they both need the gospel mm-hmm. and I've seen that happen in uh, a believing spouse and an unbelieving spouse mm-hmm. right where the, the unbelieving spouse has done something wrong and the believing spouse they've caught him or whatever 
and then the 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 unbeliever is like, I'm 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 sorry, and they've they've t I mean, and they've totally repented. They they've come to even know Christ, and the the believing spouse is like, no, yeah. too late, you know, and it's yeah. like. I think that's one of those situations where the testimony of Christ yeah. is, I, I just, it's, it's marred in that sense. Right, yeah. I think it's just yeah. the damage that, that can be done in that, that way. Is you're just saying, oh, the gospel's not enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, God's ability to redeem is, is yeah. real, and yeah. he, he can take the, the worst circumstances and make them yeah. amazing yeah. and beautiful. Right. So. That's the ugly part of it, is we're, uh, we're claiming and enjoying you know that that we've received that that mercy and that forgiveness mm -hmm. here, but we're unwilling to extend know, that same extend it in our lives, and it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It and looks that, very hypocritical. And there's two other things I want to try to get to, and so um, and we're running a little short on time, but I don't want to miss this one because it's really it's important. Because late. Yeah, it's it is. we might have started late, so I'm going to go with that. But I want I want you guys to talk a little bit about the the blessing of singleness because we have this mm -hmm. idea out there that. Um, my marriage is supposed to fulfill me and complete me, and mm -hmm. if it doesn't, there's some there's one out there that, that will, and I think everybody's trying to just move. We've watched that over yeah. and over again, where people will just move from partner to partner to partner, and um, and I don't think we view mm -hmm. singleness maybe <coughs> the way we should sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. anything you want to say about that? I would say that Paul and the Bible in yeah. general is very fond of singleness. <laughs> <laughs> so even though we've talked about God's you know original yeah. plan. Um, also, in this fallen world, uh, singleness has its benefits and its perks that are um, that go a long way with the, for the kingdom of God and in your relationship with the Lord. And so, I mean, if if I was to like maybe dumb it down and sum it up, everything, both what we're talking about with marriage as well as the single person in the Lord, has to do at the end of the day with your identity. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Where are you finding your yeah, identity? What is your identity in? Is it in Christ or is it in you know, your need to have a significant other, mm -hmm. you know, um, or is it in your significant other rather right. than Christ? I think one of the, one of the newest divorce trends, I'll get back to the singleness that bothers me, me and a buddy were talking a couple days ago about this right now is that we seem to have like a, a halftime switch, you know, where the team switch sides. Yeah. <laughs> well, like this is a trend now in culture with divorce. So like you have, you have the, the spouse that you had kids with and you raise those kids, the kids leave the house right you complete that task and then they they mutually leave each other and go find their second half spouse right this mm -hmm. is happening in the in the church it too yeah. and uh, we were we were talking because he's empty nester now i'm an empty nester now about our marriages and how our marriages have changed now that now that 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 thing that we shared an identity with is is no more you know mm -hmm. um and and we got to figure that out and the answer is Christ. Yeah, right. <laughs> when I was co-partnering with someone with these kids, he had to be my identity in that. And now that they're gone and that's done, he needs to be my identity with her. Well, and even, sure. your, even your contentment, because if, if you're content in, in who you are in Christ, your marriage will work really well. Yes. Because yeah. you're not relying on that person to complete you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the same right. thing is true in singleness. If you're content with your relationship with Christ, exactly you don't need that point. other person. Does it enhance to right. have somebody walking, you know, this journey with mm -hmm. you and right. you know, a helpmate and all that kind of stuff and somebody that you absolutely right. but is it is it the be all and end all? No, mm -hmm. Jesus right. is. Right. right. That's awesome. Yeah. And not everyone's yeah. meant to be single too on the other right. side, right? Yeah. Like some people like it yeah. it's better than we think it is, right? <laughs> but at the same time not everybody's meant to be because we are we are fallen, and we do have uh, needs some stronger than others. Mm -hmm. Paul addresses that. Yeah. It's actually a reason to get married. The Bible says, right? 
because you're you're sexually right, if you can't like stimulated, <laughs> like you you can't control yourself. Yeah. yeah, that's actually a reason to get married. Better, which, better to marry than to burn. Is that what he says? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it, you know, but singleness it is a blessing. I, I think we've all probably known those people in a, in one of the churches that we attended at one point that was single, that was content. They were in love with Jesus. Right. They knew who their identity was. They knew where their yeah. happiness was based, and they were stinking forces to be reckoned with in the church. They were. They were stinking. They were awesome, man. Yeah. You know, and um, and so it, it's encouraging to see that and to know that that's a real thing. But that this is really ultimately the reason how somebody can walk through that and do it successfully. Right. Well, and isn't that what Paul? I mean, Paul. I mean, obviously, look at his life, and he and he addressed that specifically. He thought it was better. I, yeah, he said, yep. I, I wish that you would all yeah, do right. this because yeah, I actually have I have more time and effort and energy to give to the gospel and proclaiming it right. than those of you that do that are married. Not that that's wrong, but I just yeah. I frankly have more of that. Well, we all yeah. know we all know marriage is hard and it divides your right. attention. I mean, you have to you can't just it's not, you don't don't put it on cruise control. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have, there is a lot that you have to do. Well, there are anxieties. This is yeah. really what Paul brings up, right? right. If yeah. you're going to get married, you are in for <laughs> difficulties. You're in for anxieties that you wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah. Yeah. Blessings, honey. <laughs> I want you to be free from anxieties, he says in 1 Corinthians 7. Yeah. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord, but the married man is anxious about worldly things. And he doesn't mean that in a negative sense, but in a sense it's of a what reality. marriage is, what right. kids are, uh, everything that comes along with that, it, it adds stuff to your plate that, that just convolute, that make things difficult. Mm -hmm. right. The unmarried man can just can just focus on the Lord. He can go where he wants, when he wants to, the way he needs to, because he's just worried about following the Lord and, and yeah. giving well, himself and, and that, And I think it's helping the, the single person understand that not only is your identity in Christ, but in essence, you're married to him. I mean, that, that's your, he is your spouse. I mean, you're, you're pursuing that relationship with him. And when you're doing that, there is that fulfillment, there is that contentment, there is that joy that comes as a result of that because we recognize even in marriage, right. he, I mean, Christ is the only one that completes us. Yeah. He's the only right. one that, that brings that contentment, that satisfaction. That's why I think when, when a man and a woman are pursuing Christ, I mean, I always think of it sort of as a pyramid, you know, where, where we are pursuing Christ together. And as we are pursuing Christ together, we actually are growing closer together in it's, our relationship exactly and intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. You know? and, and I think when that's happening as a single person, that you're pursuing your relationship with Christ, I think about Matthew 6 where he talks about, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. But these will, these will fall into place where, they, where God wants them to be. If you'll you'll just pursue my relationship, your relationship with me. No, I think and that's that's, that's a that strong key out. because if if my wife is relying on me to make her to fulfill her to make her happy to be her, yeah. you know, I, I mean, she's yep. she's in for right. She knows this already. <laughs> right. I'm not telling her some surprise. But if Wait, she's relying on, if she's relying on Christ for that, yeah. you know, then I'm just there to enhance, you know. Yeah. And, and I just want to acknowledge to like if if someone's watching that is single to what I said, like I. Um, like I really don't know what I'm saying, other than I know it to be true. Like I, it's yeah. easy. It's easy for me to say it. I'm a married, married guy. Right. right. Um, I don't know what it would be like to be single. If I imagine it, I don't think I'd be able to do it. I think I would do it horribly, maybe even. And so, like I, I'm not. You know, it's not to take it lightly. You right. know what yeah. we're saying, but but we do know that that's the answer. That mm -hmm. that is true. Yeah. Uh, that that he has to be our everything, and when he is, we're okay. We're we're okay with where we're at. So. 
I wish we did a better job of embracing singles in the church. I do too. I, don't I know. feel like they're, they're, they're yeah. sometimes are made to feel like it's awkward. But like they, they come to an yeah. event and they're, they're the only single person. I wish that somehow we could fix that because it's meant to be a family of God. Mm-hmm. And, and every person should just, you know, it shouldn't matter whether you're married or single or if somebody yeah. that's been divorced and yeah. tried to reconcile and they're forgiven. Mm-hmm. You know, all of that should work together. And sometimes we don't do a good job of that at the church. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll admit that I'm, it's so not my paradigm. Like yeah. I can't relate to it at all. So I don't speak to it. I don't mm-hmm. think about it. I don't really consider or put myself in those people's position. It's kind of one of those lost mm-hmm. um, subcultures in the church or, or the singles. And, um, and they tend to be yeah, segregated. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They do. Yeah. When they're, they're, I mean, they're valuable. They're important yeah. Yeah. In, our, in our bodies. They and, are. And I think it's, it, you know, one of the dynamics we sometimes see at CBC is um, older mm-hmm. singles. Widowed. Right. You know, widowed yep. singles yep. or, yep. you know, whatever's happened, you know, past, even, even in divorces, but they're still single. They've, yeah. they've actually just said, I, I don't think that I have been released to be married again. Right. I mean, to yeah. me, that, that just seems smart. I mean, according to what Paul says and according to what the idea of, of if you've been divorced or abandoned or, you know, even if your spouse had died, if you can remain single, Paul says it. He just says... I think that's better. I think that you're right. in, my, in my judgment, you'll be happier if you remain as you are, mm-hmm. and and that's a. I know for some people that's terrifying because they, right. they they view that that they need that person to take care of them. Right. But, but man, if there's any way to do that, it seems like mm-hmm. the ideal. Yeah. And well, not everybody hit the nail on the head with with just the identity, the issue of identity. Yeah. Right. We yeah. <clears throat> as fallen humans look for identity in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our work, our kids, or you know whatever. But you know, probably our marriages or relationships is one of the biggest things that we look to, yeah. um, you know, for our identity rather than Christ. And mm-hmm. if we can kind of figure that piece out in our lives, um, you know, it sure simplifies some of the things that we're talking about. Yeah. I'm going to put you, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say with the, with the widows, I think we actually do a little bit better job because the, the Bible yeah. speaks so plainly right. to it. Like there's some, sure. there's some strong, you know, uh, words in there yeah. um, that, if you're that, not, you're that we really can't mistake, right? And so I, I think we kind of sit up and pay attention to that. But mm-hmm. with, with singles, it, it seems to be something that, um, just isn't on our mind too much, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Well, I was going to put you guys on the spot, uh, real quick. How long have you been married, David? Twenty-eight years. Uh, twenty-eight. It'll be twenty-nine in, ju- in June. Jeff. Yep. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Yeah. Twenty-five coming up in June. I'm the duffer again. Yeah. You coming are. up on thirty-two. So You're the old oh. man, bro. Um, I, you know, I, I, uh, <laughs> I just have great respect and admiration for guys that stick to it. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So thank you guys for, yep. for staying faithful in your marriages and. Um, do you guys have any, like, I know we've already talked about them, but anything that stands out as, like, a, a good tip for successful marriage or anything that you throw out there that's not, that's not trite and silly? I don't have any tips. I've got lots of trite and silly ones. But, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's just, to, for Christians, it's just got to be a change of mind. It's like fight for your Like, it's okay to fight for your marriage rather than fight to destroy it. You know, yeah. fight for it. Yeah. The world needs more people fighting for their marriage. They need more... Um, people that know how to, uh, to 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 remain standing after a hard day or a hard week or a hard season in their marriage, where they're they're still there and they're they're ready to go again. Um, just swing away and it's, fight it's, for your marriage. Sometimes yeah. that fight for it, not against it. Sometimes that fight means you open up your your garbage no, to, no. To, to the church. It, it, yes. Sometimes that means you, it means all that. you humble yourself and go and get some counseling. It means right. us even um, doing the things that we don't want to do, that we're ashamed to do, <laughs> yep. that we're embarrassed to do, yep. us being honest with ourselves. That's what I mean about fight because it's you know it is a spiritual battle ultimately. We're not yeah. we're not ultimately fighting that spouse. We're fighting the things within us and the and yeah. the things around us and 
Um, but but yeah, swing away. Do whatever you need to do. Fight for your marriage. Amen. Yeah. Good. I think it's I think it's getting up every day and dis- and making the decision that I'm going to love and pursue my relationship with Christ, and I'm going to love and pursue my relationship with my wife. You know, and that, that's that, an, I mean, I think an intentional. Get, yeah, because yeah, I think as as we we get older in marriage, I think it's easy just to kind of put it on neutral Bruce and just kind control, of coast, yeah. you know, just like, oh, they, there's a she, joke, you know, it's I almost think. like, well, she's not going to go anywhere. It's like, there's a yeah, joke that doesn't mean I think it was Joy's dad. <laughs> she can't get it done right. anymore, <laughs> and, you know. I don't know if Joy's dad really did this or not, but when he first got married, he, the joke is that he said, you know, I love you, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. <laughs> like, that was it. <laughs> it's like, you know, maybe maybe more effort than that. Would be, right, right. Would be I think sometimes it's just even understanding, and I don't want to get into the, the love language stuff, but I mean, you know, there's a way that your wife feels loved, and there's yeah. a way that she does it, and like, I can do the dishes or something, and she'll appreciate that, but it doesn't make her feel loved. She wants me to, to actually snuggle with her on the couch and spend quality time with her and, right. and give her words of affirmation. Those are the things that actually make her feel loved. Mm-hmm. They happen to be the things I'm not very good at. I'm good at doing the dishes. <laughs> so sometimes just like, think about what makes my wife feel yeah. cherished and loved, because our command is pretty stinking hard. Yeah. Right. Love your wife like Jesus loved the church, which right. is lay yourself down right, yeah. for her. And well, and Peter yeah. even speaks directly to that, right? Yeah. In First Peter, I can't remember where it's at, he says to men, like, be understanding with your mm-hmm. wives. And so even on a practical level, yeah. um, it, it's good for us to know them yeah. and to know what blesses them. Yeah, and then and then to dispense yeah, and then intentionally wake up every day and yeah right and which I'm an expert that. at dude I'm so yeah good I'm at so that. good at that, yeah, that romance we don't have time to talk about it but <laughs> I'm gonna buy my my wife one of those Our one of those heart shaped pizzas yeah. the heart shaped pizzas from Papa Murphy's that's that's what I'm gonna do for my wife perfect because I'm a romantic I heard somebody on the radio that yesterday say that the heart shaped pizza it's the same price but it's less pizza it's a ripoff you know right I I heard a pastor years ago say that something effective like being an expert in the sin of another is a shameful thing like and it was in the context of marriage and you know spouses tend to be experts in one another's yeah. sins right yeah. uh, for, for better or worse and uh, you know kind of the the tip is you know um, re- remember first and foremost that, that you're a sinner like when you're thinking about your spouse's sin and their shortcomings and their failings I have my own shortcomings and my own sins and my own failings and and I have to think of that first before I'm quick mm. to point the finger, you know, at somebody else and, and point out their shortcomings and failures. You know, and, and that you're you're not against each other. You're on the same right. team. I think sometimes we, we do that thing where it's like, I know, I'll show her. And, right. and you get in that almost competitive mode. It's like, no, you guys are, you know, you benefit each other when you're right. working together. Mm-hmm. Right. Love I, I, I do have one more just yeah. because it's been like a huge part of my life and something that I'm still like considering often is, you know, it's that conversation that Jesus had with Peter. How many times do we forgive somebody? and it's like this outrageous number, you know, that, that Jesus throws out. And I was thinking about how uh, marriage has taught me that that doesn't necessarily mean that they've sinned against you like this, you know, ridiculous amount of time. It could be the same time. one over that. It yeah. could be one that was done 25 years ago yeah, or 20 sure. years ago. And every time it comes to your remembrance or your memory or you have a dream about it that yeah. brings it up, mm-hmm. It's, it's forgiving them for that same thing that they did way back then. Because that's a lot of the just the, the right. resentment and the garbage I've learned that goes on in me towards my wife. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily new stuff. It's old stuff that I'm just remembering again sure. and refusing. And, and so we have to continue to forgive those things over and over again. Right. So, yeah. anyway. I think one thing I would say, too, just as pastors, is it's important that we don't love the church more than we love our wives. And I think that's an, I mean, I know for us, speak for myself, that's an easy 
thing for me to do, you know, because I do love what I do. I enjoy, yeah. you know, the, the calling God's placed on my life. And I think when we enjoy something like that, it's easy to spend more time in that and with the people there than we are spending the time sure. loving and caring for or nurturing our wives. You know? I, I think we've all known pastors that have had an affair on their wife mm-hmm. with their ministry. Yeah. I, I've seen it in right. people before. Um, and it's it's not good. It's not yeah. good for anybody. Yeah. yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah. Well, praise God for marriage. Yeah. It's a good thing. Um, thank you. For, you know, praise God for our wives. We love them very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for the discussion. There are, um, you know, this is kind of cookie cutter stuff sometimes where everybody's got different things going on in their lives, and maybe you you know you have a scenario where you want to talk to us or, um, but but these are principles that are all, you know, coming straight from the Bible that yeah. are important and true. And so we don't want to pretend like David said, we, we know what you're going through, because we right. don't always. Right. But there are people in the church that, um, you know, really care about your marriage, and, and there's four of them sitting right here. Right. So if we can if we can spend time to help you or enhance uh, what's going on or just get you through something, there's also yeah. a lot of good resources out there. And I, I, we just published a thing last week about some of these resources, but uh, we've got books, video series, things like that that we can recommend that are a help. And so you're not in it alone. The right. church is yep. here, and, and we, we care about it a lot. Right. So. Mm-hmm. If you got any more questions, send them to us. Yeah. One decent pastor, we'll try to tackle them. Brent will try to tackle them. No. If they're really hard. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah, thanks Pastor for having Jeff me. For awesome. Enjoy. Appreciate it, brother. And uh, you're always welcome here. There's Enjoy always an stuff. extra seat. So. Good. Yeah. Unless somebody else is sitting there. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to sit there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> i got to sit on that side, but back back to the camera. <laughs> you want to close us in prayer? Yeah. Yeah. Father in heaven, thank you for marriage. Thank you for the privilege that you've given us to be married. Thank you for, um, Lord, our wives, grateful for them and just um, uh, the work that you continue to do in both of us and our marriages and our relationships. And Lord, we recognize this topic of divorce and remarriage is, is sometimes challenging and we know there are those in our churches, Lord, that are struggling in, in, in different ways in their marriages and even some that are considering divorce and, and yet, God, we. Um, Lord, we pray that you would just bring restoration, reconciliation, that you would bring the gospel to bear um, in the hearts and lives of those that are in those situations and scenarios. And Lord, we pray for those that are single, that you would just uh, help them just to draw close to you, to to cling to, to you and their relationship with you and find joy and peace and contentment and fulfillment in that. And, and Lord, for all of us, that we would find our identity in you, yeah. that uh, we would uh, would recognize that who we are in Christ is critical uh, to all these other relationships that we have uh, with our spouses and within our world and our children even. And Lord, we just pray that you would guide us and lead us and convict us, God, when we need to be convicted, comfort us when we need to be comforted, and correct us when we need correction. Uh, and, and that it would be from your word that we would bring our lives into submission uh, to your word and what it says. Um, not how our world is doing it these days and emotions and feelings and 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 yeah what God tells us Lord help us to be willing to do that so thank you for the time we have today we just pray that it's been beneficial and helpful for people we pray that uh, you would draw them close to you and to your word in your name we pray amen, amen. thanks adios Bye. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.